Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to another edition of the Brews and the Boys podcast brought to you by Shway Media, blogging the boys in the Vox Media Podcast Network. I am your host, Michael Sizemore. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sizemore. With me, as always, he's the man of the hour, folks. He's too sweet to be sour. It's Mr. Tom Ryle. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. And he's happier than he was even on Saturday, so... Um, Yes, we exactly. We are going to talk about the Cowboys draft. We are going to talk about the perspective and the seemingly what the objective was for the Cowboys in this draft and the difference in a little bit of their philosophies uh, for this draft compared to what we had seen in 2019 and several years prior to that. Um, But Tom, you know, with we've had days to sleep on this on this draft and I come away with the same, you know, thing that the same feeling that I felt on Saturday when this was all over, that the Cowboys just really—it's kind of amazing how this worked out in their favor. Uh, yeah, I I still find myself going in and uh, logging on to DallasCowboys.com just to make sure I didn't dream the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just <laughs> like, how did they pull this off? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's. I had time to write about this. Um, it's going up on blogging the boys um, either today or tomorrow. I wrote about just the recap and wrote and you know writing about what positions that the Cowboys would possibly need to address here uh, coming you know after this draft. And I just wrote they can address pretty much whatever they want if they want to. If they don't want to, it doesn't really matter because what they did in the draft was set them up themselves up so well for the future by also getting production out of this rookie class, I believe that the Cowboys don't have to do much shopping in, in free agency or anything to fill any needs. They can just add a guy if they want to or not. Yeah, and to me, it's just you look at these guys and you look at what the, the team has as far as uh, needs or holes on the roster right now, and, I mean, some of these guys are going to get a lot of playing time this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at it as a whole, Tom. And the first thing I wanted to speak about was just the you know we've talked about it before earlier in the weekend is the value that the Cowboys got out of this draft. When you look at um, and, and I'm just going to go off Dane Brugler because Dane Brugler is one of our trusted you know draft gurus, draft scouts, if you will, uh, experts should be picked up by a team by now. Don't know why he's not, but he will eventually, I'm yeah. sure. But if you look at his top yeah. 100. Tom, he the Cowboys got CeeDee Lamb at 17. He was their ninth-ranked player, Dane Brugler's ninth-ranked player. They got Trayvon Diggs at 51. He was the 33rd-ranked player. 
They got Neville Gallimore at 82. He was their 70th ranked player. Got Bradley and Nye in the fifth round. He was 89th on the list. And they got Reggie Robinson in the fourth round. He was 98th on their list. This is just all of these guys, these, these five guys, and that's not even including the center that wasn't on, you know, Dane Brugler's top 100 because of his medicals, and, and the quarterback, obviously, because he played at wherever the hell he played at. Um, but, <laughs> but we're talking about five prospects of the Cowboys' seven prospect class was in Dane Brugler's top 100. Yeah, and as you said, uh, beyond it, Okay, I, I'm going to have to make sure we learn how to, to pronounce it. I think it's Beatis. 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 Beatis, thank you. Yeah. But you know, I'm not real strong on Eastern European names, but I do believe that literally translates as badass badger. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think, uh, you know, he, he was, I think, a, a, a great move. Uh, and it was also a position at which they could take a little bit of a, a chance on the injury because they already have a couple of pretty decent candidates at center. So they they didn't put all their eggs in one basket. This was a down-the-road play. If he gets healthy, even if he's uh, not able to, to be the starter this year, there's an excellent chance he's going to wind up in the starting lineup um, in 2021 or 2022. Yeah, and also if he is able to contribute this year, if he is able to play this year, then he's going to be in the running for the starting center job just because the guy started 41 games for Wisconsin. And it, he, he was a pretty yes. good player. It's, it's not like the Cowboys are getting some guy that should have deserved to have been around at the last pick in the fifth round or in the fourth round. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been there if it not for medicals. He wouldn't have been there. He's graded by most as a third-round prospect. Um, and... They're, and people are excited about him. They, they really are excited. Offensive line people like Landon, our, our good friend Landon McCool, he's excited about Biotish. A lot of folks are excited about Biotish because he could do something there. But you talk about these five guys that I mentioned, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Nel, uh, Neville Gallimore, Bradley and I, and Reggie Robinson. All, of, all five of those guys look to be to give the Cowboys production this year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, no, uh... Uh, note that Robinson's big value may be on special teams. I think he's going to be a new special teams ace. And I think that was really in their minds when they uh, they were putting him on their board. Yeah, and, Fa- and Fossil, John Fossil liked him because he blocked something like four kicks at Tulsa. Um, so, yeah, he, so he's just he, he's on he's on John Fossil's radar for that alone. And there is yep. the way you hear Mike McCarthy and guys speak of him, though, and um, Al Harris is that they believe that Reggie Robinson and Trayvon Diggs very well could be the future of the Cowboys cornerback position, especially when you think about how Jordan Lewis and uh, Ch- Chidobe Awuzie are all on their last de- deal or last year of their deal, I should say, of their rookie contract. So this kind of all works out for the Cowboys. It just seems that, like I said, I don't know what else the Cowboys have to do necessarily as far as moves, you know, other than go and get their quarterback signed long-term. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one other thing, just just as a, a little footnote, is there's there's been some talk swirling around that Awuzie may get a look as a safety. That's true. Uh, so, that, so bringing in two corners in the draft just kind of opened up that flexibility ability even more for the team so 
it just the more you look at this, the more you're going like, good grief, how did they manage to do this? And you have there's there was some incredible luck involved with C.D. Lamb coming down as far as as he did. Mm-hmm. Anay should never have been there when they got him no. in the fifth round at the, at the last pick of the fifth round. Like I said, he had Just, a third round grade. Um, you know, he had a third round get, grade compared to Dane Brugler's list here. And you're talking about Bradley and I, the guy, you know, his, the big, the big uh, drawback to him that folks say is that, you know, after having a great senior bowl, Tom, he came out and didn't really do so well in the athletic testing of the combine. But exactly. But the production that he had at Utah, you can't deny that. You, you can't yeah, just look at that and say that doesn't matter. It, it matters way more than a couple of agility drills at the at the combine. And here's, you know, and I don't want to put talk about something uh, inappropriate, but you have to wonder if the fact that all of the pro days suddenly got canceled might have been how he snuck through to the Cowboys because if he had had a pro day and put up significantly better numbers, he'd have been long gone. Oh, of course. He, he would have, he would have been in that third round range. Like most people had him there. He's a, like as productive as a pass rusher as, you know, the, the top guys that were drafted in this year's draft. So he just doesn't have the, you know, the measurables and the, the speed um, that some of these other guys have, but you know, the guy, whatever he does lack there, I know that this is one of those guys, Bradley and I, who has a pass rush plan. There's a lot of guys like even uh, Shason was going to have to learn how to win against offensive tackles and get to the quarterback. His production only kind of caught on towards the end. And he was a first round consideration by the Cowboys. Of course he was, but you look at Bradley and I, and he went in the first round and he went in the first round. You know, you look at Bradley and I, this guy has have, has one of the more polished pass rush plans had production Whatever he lacked in athletic gifts, he kind of made up for with, you know, above the shoulders and how to get and how to win at the point of attack. And and I think that there are some some ways in which technique and those football smarts that having a plan going in are more important than just raw athletic skills, uh, you yeah. know, because. And he certainly showed that he could chase people down in college. So I don't. See, I mean, if you didn't, I don't watch, see how there's an issue. If you didn't watch the Senior Bowl, this guy was was definitely one of the MVPs of the Senior Bowl. He was destroying the pocket on on during that yeah. game. I mean, everybody kept talking about how there he is again. There's Bradley and I again collapsing the pocket, getting to the quarterback. The guy was just he was ferocious, and I think that's exactly what the Cowboys are looking for in a right defensive end. It's not necessarily that explosiveness. Um, you know, you want that, of course, you always want some explosiveness there, but if you've got a guy that has a plan on how to attack these tackles and how to win, I mean, that's exactly what Tyrone Crawford has done to be successful in his career. That's what, you know, Demarcus Lawrence has done. Um, Demarcus Lawrence has the burst, but he also has the intelligence between, you know, between the shoulders there to get to the quarterback to win. And he turned himself into one of the league's best pass rushers. I'm not saying that's what we should expect from Bradley and I, but you can expect Effort and production as a rookie, I would think. Yeah, I, I just he he is <laughs> just it was just when he he kept falling and falling. You know, I remember when going through the draft, and it's just and this this happened 
how many times did that happen for the Cowboys? It you know, seemed first like it happened with all the way through the fifth round. Yeah, with C.D. Lamb, you're sitting there going like, wait a minute, Lamb's still on the board. Wait a minute, Lamb's still on the board. Wait a minute, the Raiders took rugs. You know, wait a minute, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Judy was the next one. Lamb was still there, and it just all, and it came up. And then, of course, that moment when, you know, the Cowboys were on the clock, and you're going, oh, gosh, yeah. Lamb's there, and they're going to wind up taking Chase on, and we're going to be living with all the – they yeah. picked Lamb. They I know. They surprised, they surprised us all because they, and this goes to the quote that was coming out today by John Mashoda of The Athletic. He had said that Will McClay had spoken to John Mashoda and spoken to the media and said that he had a pretty good relationship with Mike McCarthy. And it all goes back to Mike McCarthy telling him that we draft good players. We go after good players over scheme. We're yeah, not looking and, for scheme and, fits. We're looking for great players. Yeah, and that was just, you know, music to McClay's ears. I mean, it, it has come out that, uh, you know, sources are saying that this was a scout's draft for the Cowboys, which, again, was something that kind of got forced on them. And now, hopefully, if they've seen how successful they can be, that becomes the way they do it. You know, I, I did a post talking about how, the uh, the virtual draft really played to the strengths of the Cowboys and maybe taught them a valuable lesson going forward. I think McCarthy really is going to be pushing yeah. for, for trying to, even when things return to a new normal, to still keep the coaches from interfering, you know, pounding on the table went away. And from all I can see, that was strictly a good thing in Dallas, you know, just have, have the scouts without the unnecessary interference, let them do their jobs. Uh, you know, send Jerry back out to the yacht and let him sell around <laughs> and enjoy himself. Uh, let's just, just find a way to recreate this. And I think the Cowboys can just do good things. But in the, the one thing we have is this just remarkable haul that they managed to do with only seven picks. They managed to pull off the one trade up without losing one of the picks, which became kind of important because if they had had, had to give up another pick this year, that would have either cost them a die or they would have, you know, not been able to nest or they would at least have been in a bidding war for their, their seventh round flyer uh, at yeah. quarterback. So, yeah. and, and you know, it just, I want to, it just, I want us to take a quick break real quick, but when we come back, I want to discuss more about this strategy, Tom, that led them to be able to get where, get the hall that is perceived to be one of the best in the class. Uh, we'll be right back on the Bruce and the boys podcast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back on the Bruise and the Boys podcast. We're talking about the 2020 Dallas Cowboys draft. Um, so far, so good. The Cowboys have been receiving some of the highest grades from most draft experts, Tom. And it just goes back to what we had said before we went to break, that this was this has all of the, you know, the, the, the stamps of a scout-heavy draft. Like the scouts, Will McClay, those guys went to work. They were the ones that had the most information on these players in – Anyway, just because of, you know, the pandemic that we're in, a lot of these, a lot of the, um, you know, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones and the coaches maybe did not get to meet and get to break these players down as much as these scouts did, obviously, who spent all year working on them. And it just kind of goes to show you that sometimes, you know, things can things can actually work out in your favor. As far as the Cowboys were concerned, a lot of their they didn't necessarily reach for any need but these picks that they were able to get kind of justified what they needed in as ter- in terms of roster moves but they got them with such incredible value and also let's you know throw a little bit back towards mike mccarthy too because i think we saw some significant shifts in philosophy that were borne up by this and one thing that came out to me was who they didn't pick or what they didn't take in the draft. Cowboys did not draft a running back. Mm -mm. They did not draft a linebacker. They did not draft a tight end. Uh, They went almost entirely with, with high value picks. You know, you've got, you know, the wide receiver, you've got the, the cornerbacks, you've got defensive linemen and, you know, you, you got yourself a, a, a quarterback, which is one of, Mike McCarthy's favorite things. Uh, so this is a, a drafting philosophy of where do you get the most value in, in from your draft capital? And yeah. this just fits so beautifully with that. I, I was really pleased to see that they didn't go out as, you know, and, and go for some of those, uh, the positions that just aren't as much impact in the league anymore, you know, the positions that you can find another way to fill like running back, you know, the yeah. Cowboys have, you know, famously in 2016 used the fourth overall pick on Ezekiel Elliott, great player and all that. But there's just an underlying question of, is that how you really want to spend high draft capital when there are so many examples of, of later round and even UDFA running backs coming in and being very successful in the league? And it's notable that in the UDFA hall, they, they grabbed them three more running backs, which kind of shows that that thinking has now come into the Dallas off front office that, okay, we don't need to be spending uh, precious draft capital, especially in a draft where we're kind of limited with how many picks we have. Uh, And we can just go out, sign us some of those UDFAs and see what we can find out there with some good scouting. And, you know, next year, they may be able to do a little bit differently because right now, even with having traded away a future pick, they still are looking at having 10 selections in 2021. So it just... 
I just am excited by the fact that we're seeing not just great success this year, but some really nice uh, road signs for what's coming ahead. Yeah, in essence, you know, like what you're trying to say here is that they got, not only did they get value in the players that they took, but they got value in the positions that they selected at. Because you're talking about, I love that they, I know you and I both, Tom, were big fans of them double dipping at corner. Huge fans yeah, that of double was, dipping at corner yeah. because you need to think about remaking that room. Yeah, and uh, that that also, you know, it's it's that whole roster management thing because as you said they've got a couple of their you know the guys that are contending for starters this year that are you know coming up on the end of their contract so now the cowboys will be a little bit freer to decide whether or not they need to to pay a lot of money or let the guys go uh bring a compensatory pick back to dallas by signing somewhere else yeah and it definitely sounds like especially with you know with trayvon diggs he's going to have we had said on Saturday that we think, you know, he comes into this this Cowboys team automatically at least the third best corner. Um, but then you get Reggie Robinson, mm. and it sounds like that the Cowboys coaches, from what we've heard from Mike McCarthy and several others, they plan on both of these guys being being part of the future here and part of the future starting uh, caliber starting cornerbacks room because if you hear what Al, Al Harris had said, these are the types of cornerbacks we like. The receivers in this league are getting bigger, not smaller. They're getting bigger and faster, and we like tall, long corners that can run and that get yeah, their hands on uh, the football, and that's what these two corners do. And, and for the short term, at least, it's kind of good news for uh, you know Jordan Lewis and even Anthony Brown, who are are probably better in the slot. Yes. So, you know, it's just everything, you know, if, if, if things work out, these, the pieces fit together so nicely. Correct. Correct. And then you talk about, you know, I think that what I, I, we spoke in the first segment just about how, you know, for someone like Dane Brugler had five of the Cowboys pick in his top 100 that, I mean, that's incredible, just incredible value the way that the Cowboys let this kind of fall to them. Um, but when you are a team like the Cowboys and you do have a top-heavy roster and you do have a lot of great players getting paid top-line, you know, top-of-the-market money, it does make sense to just kind of go at this draft and look for the best players available to add around your team and not necessarily just be fixated on a position that we have to take this because we need this. I think a lot of teams do that, and I think a lot of teams get themselves in trouble, and it just goes to show how the integrity of the Cowboys draft board was never altered in this draft. They sat mm -hmm. there, they showed the patience to go and get, get the players that they liked, the players that they really liked, some of these players they probably loved, and get them without you know, getting a little bit too antsy and having to go up and give too much for him or just reach for a guy earlier than you needed to. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it also says they must have had a really great board built on the, the, the players that were out there to get this kind of value, yeah. uh, to have things line up for them, to, 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 to have – you know, a Gallimore show up and go like, wow, you know, what a great value. And let's take him and, you know, boast of the, the defensive line, you know, a, you know, a, a nigh, just another great ad, uh, you know, while they still have, you know, the big question marks looming over Randy Gregory and Alden Smith. Uh, now, you know, they can 
feel a lot better about a uh, defensive end, however that works out. So yeah, it's, this is, this is, it, it it's just like, you're sitting here just going like, oh, I wish we had some mini camps and OTAs coming up because I would love to start seeing the first, you know, faint hints of what, what is coming. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of, to me, it's kind of, you know, like the, the draft comes and goes and you're really excited during draft weekend. But, you know, with all the uncertainty right now, you don't know exactly when we're going to get to see this play out on the field. So it, it would be interesting to see if the Cowboys are going to, you know, what ends up happening and how quickly these these facilities open up. I know that they're in no rush to do that uh, with what's going on, but I do think that whenever the these Cowboys do get on the field, you've got to think that they're going to be working with one of the stronger rosters built as far as depth is concerned, and and just what they were able to do in this draft was so so incredible uh, to be able to get the value that they did and be able to build where they were able to build, that they might be in better position even though they're walking in with a new coaching staff, they might be in better position to go ahead and hit the ground running. At least you would hope so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff that we're you know going to just be waiting on, but man, it's going to be so much fun when things do get going, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, get a chance to see how the camp battle starts shaping up, which I'm, you know, I'm taking a look at some of that stuff in a series of posts about the roster and there's some, some fun stuff out there. Uh, some, you know, some down roster battles, some of the backup positions, like the, the swing tackle thing has got some kind of fun things going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, looking at looking at what's going to happen between, uh, you know, Cooper Rush and uh, Ben DiNucci, who's going to wind up as a QB2 coming out of all of that? Because I don't think we should be sleeping on DiNucci because, you know, his ties to Mike McCarthy go go kind of deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, the only ties you know, I'm worried uh, about, you know, the only ties I'm worried about with Danucci is his mob ties. I want to know if we can get some good delegates yeah. around here. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Um, but I do got to ask Tom, before we get out of here, are there any, um, are there any of the UDFAs the Cowboys picked up? Any of those guys really kind of pique your interest as far as uh, undrafted free agents that the Cowboys were able to add to the roster? Well, yeah, I'm, I uh, and I've heard some other people say that this might be a, a name to watch, but you know, being an Aggie myself, uh, Kendrick Rogers, the wide receiver at A and M, uh, is a guy that may have a shot to be at least become that camp darling that always seems to emerge from the UDFA's every year with at the wide receiver spot. He's an interesting one, and I'm also kind of uh, interested in you know like uh the the running backs Darius Anderson and uh Siwo Olanulua don't even uh, try don't actually, even try to pronounce that name uh, <laughs> I like that I try to say it real fast and hope it comes out right but you know he may be a uh competition for Jameez Olawale at fullback yeah because I understand that's how the Cowboys actually looked at him so you know, there's might be some fun things happening in the uh, in those uh, positions. Uh, Quickly, I did mock. going to be some. I did mock Kendrick Rogers once yeah. to the Cowboys in one of our mocks, and I will tell you um, just about him. You know, because he went to Texas A&M, but he he seemed to be one of those guys that when the Tex when the Aggies needed a play, he was their big play guy. Yeah. He, he would go and make huge plays downfield, not just because he had the speed to do it, but he also has um, a little bit of a nuanced route running ability, and I thought that. 
whenever that one of his best traits was his ability to work back to the quarterback. So I think that he, and, and we're talking yeah. A&M did not have the best quarterbacking um, that was available and he was able to make things happen there. So I, I kind of like to see what he could do. Yeah. A little contested catch ability there yeah. too. Correct. Correct. Anyway, you were, you were about to say something about another UDFA. Uh, uh, yeah, well, there's a, there was the, uh, the other guy uh, that came from James Madison, where Danucci came from, uh, Rondell Carter, apparently, the team is kind of excited about him. And so, you know, he's, I think he's more of an insurance policy, but, you know, uh, he might be a really good practice squad stash for the future, too. Yeah, that could be, that could be right, right there. Just get yourself some guys you can stash on the practice squad and let them grow. Um, but that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, we want to continue to have you guys go out there and follow us on Twitter. Follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. Follow me at Mr. Sizemore. And follow our podcast feed. You know, the, the Blogging the Boys podcast network is growing, and we have received exciting news this week that, you know, we are the number one Cowboys podcast on Apple right now. So go check us out. you got people like Kelsey Charles out there and Meg Murray doing their Girls Talking Boys show. you got R.J. Ochoa and Tony Casillas. R.J. goes on every single day with the, with Ocho Live. And then you also have him and Tony Casillas doing the 750. got myself and Tom here. We're always here for you. But then you can get some really good draft knowledge as they put this draft to bed if you go and check out um, Connor Livesey and their podcast, Talking the Draft. They can tell you so much more about what's going on here with these Cowboys draft picks and stuff than, than Tom and I could as far as scouting reports go. But please just... Find us wherever you can find us. We're on all major platforms, Apple, iTunes, and uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on all of those different networks. You can find us on um, Google Play stores and all. So just try to find us. Follow us at Bruise and the Boys. Follow us at Blog and the Boys for all Cowboys questions, all Cowboys concerns. And we will talk to you next time, Cowboys Nation. Good night. Bruise and the Boys was created by Tim Phillippe and Michael Sizemore. The show is a production of Shway Media and is brought to you by way of Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle and is produced and edited by Tim Phillippe. The show's theme song is by Timmy Two-Step. For more information, visit bruiseandtheboys.com. Bruise and the Boys.